Today for our, our practice, I, I want to introduce you to what I'd call a close cousin of compassion, which is this practice of forgiveness. And, you know, sometimes these, these Pali words, kanti and kamati, are translated as forgiveness. And some of you probably know this word kanti, because it uh, also is translated most commonly as patience. So I find that interesting that there's some some uh, crossover with forgiveness and and patience in that language. And what I found is that forgiveness has this potential to be a powerful gateway into deep compassion towards ourselves, towards myself and others. And it, it seems like it's through allowing us to touch our humanity and the humanity of others in a in a heartfelt way. And this is why it feels like a a cousin to me of of compassion. At the same time, this practice of forgiveness, I I always <laughs> I often want to be cautious of what I'd call universalizing any kind of practice, saying, oh. This is the way to practice. Last night we went over how this practice instruction that we're given so often in meditation is just to be with what's arising. And then I, I, I stretch that to interrogate that, right? There are times where the best thing to do is not to be with what's arising. It's uh, contextual, and I, th I think this is quite important around this rather than this thing of we should always be with what's arising or we should always forgive. And the reason I say that is that there are contexts where forgiveness can be problematic, both systemically and individually. And I'll get, get into these a little bit. Systemically, it, it can be end up being a tool that reinforces the dynamics of oppression where, where there's this... Uh, pressure uh, on those who are oppressed to they're expected to forgive those oppressors. And then the oppressors are afforded the opportunity to continue to oppress. This has happened and can happen. And hopefully the 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 forgiveness we're looking for is the 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 skillfulness that leads to non harming rather than more harming. I think it's important to acknowledge this. And, and it's just tricky because we do live in a society where it seems like probably maybe unconsciously this happens, where there are systems where it seems like there are, not, not seems like, it, it in fact is the case, where uh, some people are given more leniency than others around acts of harm. For example, statistically, black men who commit the same crimes as white men receive federal prison sentences that are on, and I'm quoting this, on average 20% longer. There's a system of who gets leniency and who doesn't. And some of you here, you know, some of you for your spiritual practice, forgiveness is essential and others not so much. And so this is just something for you to explore. 
And for me, forgiveness uh, fits so well with the spiritual practice because of the values that are inherent in this path. The value of generosity to, to, to offer forgiveness and to offer compassion and the value of non-harming and kindness. And it's true, forgiveness it can be so powerful. And the, the place I want to begin is how it can be so powerful for me, for you, the one who's forgiving. Because it's this process of letting go of resentment. Like one definition of forgiveness I appreciate is it's giving up hope for a better past. Because so often I noticed when, when my mind is filled with uh, a hurt that turns into resentment, I'm, I'm hoping, I'm wanting for a better past. And then that, that binds me in a way. I'm the one who is bound, who is suffering from this. And so it can be empowering for me. So for example, to me, this was such a powerful story. Some of you might know the story of Anthony Ray Hinton, who was convicted of two murders he did not commit. And he was on death row, on Alabama's death row for 28 years. Right, and then he was. It was found that it was uh, um, uh, that he was wrongly convicted in 1985, and then in 2015. Right, it's a long time afterwards. He was released from jail, and he was actually filled with forgiveness around the situation. Somebody, I think, asked him. Well, why'd you forgive? And I love the directness of what he said. I forgave so I could sleep at night. He said, true forgiveness is the only way to be free. And I want to be free. That's a powerful thing, right? To go through something like that and then to release it in order to move forward in one's life. It's not about condoning or forgetting or not allowing, you know, certain parties to be accountable, be held accountable, accountable. It's about this heart here, my heart, what am I holding in it? To not be controlled in some way. You know, another example of this, this is a, a quote from Rabbi Kushner and in some ways, I want to be cautious because sometimes these kinds of questions are a little bit, I think, well, they are what they are. Somebody asked him, you know, would you, he was talking about forgiveness, would you forgive uh, Hitler? And he said, yeah, I'd forgive Hitler. And it doesn't mean that what he did was okay. But when I let the resentment go, go, it means he can't make me contribute more money to a Holocaust memorial than I do to Jewish children. And nothing wrong with giving to um, a Holocaust memorial. But again, that sense of like, oh, oh, now I have agency. I don't have the resentment 
driving my life. So empowering to, to be released from the shackles of resentment. So this practice of offering forgiveness, sometimes to ourselves, which I'll get to, and to others to release in some way. And yeah, it's a, it's a, it's a tricky process. You know, as, as Maya Angelou says, she said, you can't forgive without loving. And I don't mean sentimentality. I don't mean mush. I mean, having enough courage to stand up and say, I forgive and I'm finished with it. And I want to point out the process of forgiveness, and this is something that is, is not even really followed in at least modern kind of uh, Buddhist circles sometimes, is that the practice is uh, I'm either forgiving myself or forgiving someone else. I'm not asking for forgiveness. I think there's, you know, there's a lot of controversy about this, but I think there's some, sometimes there's a notion of, here I've hurt someone, and then I'm going to ask them for one more thing. <laughs> Can you forgive me? <laughs> Whereas this practice is situating, like the practice for me is, I apologize, right? That's what's important for me. If I harm, I want to apologize for that, say I'm sorry. Maybe I'll be followed up, and this is what I'll do differently next time. And then that person will do what they'll do. They'll either forgive me or not. That's not... I'm not asking for that. And in early Buddhism, you find this, even in Theravada Buddhism, really the, the, the emphasis is on uh, confession. For example, when I was practicing in Burma and Myanmar, every morning in the early morning, the monastics, they'd get together in, in uh, pairs and they would uh, kind of squat down with one another. And it was kind of for rote, but they would kind of give this uh, confessional um, uh, of the sense of, um, I'm sorry for the, my unskillfulness. That sense. And of, then, of course, there is the, the act of, uh, from the other of the, yeah, it's cool. You know, everything's fine. <laughs> but having that of like, oh, th this is what I'm doing. I'm, I'm, I'm acknowledging in this way. So there's the apology when it's with someone, but then I'm also practicing kind of forgiving myself because I have agency around that or forgiving others. It's offering rather than this, this, this uh, um, asking. And also it's not only empowering, but it, it leads to deep compassion, to understanding. Have you noticed this? Often when, when my heart finally softens enough to forgive, I get it hurt people, they hurt people. And of course, the opposite, healed people, they heal people. And again, it's not about condoning, it's not about, you know, having unhealthy boundaries. It's about this, this beautiful offering. And around ourselves, can you allow your heart to soften around your own mistakes and imperfections? Yes, I, I want to take responsibility, but man, if you're like me, 
I have beat myself up so much. And I don't think anything came of it. Yes, there's a place for healthy regret. I regret that, but that's different than this uh, oppressing myself. And it acknowledges my own humanity. As Brian Stevenson said, the, the famous lawyer, social justice activist, he said, we are all broken by something. We have all hurt someone and have been hurt. We all share the condition of brokenness, even if our brokenness is not equivalent. And, and it's like when I forgive myself, I, uh, I am acknowledging that. It's, it's the softening, it's, it's the releasing around this. There's a strength that, that, can, that can come from that. I also want to point out that it's a process, especially when it's coming to forgiving someone else. And this is really important. And it has to do, I think, with uh, physiology. You could say kind of a, a physiological incomplete threat response can prevent a true forgiveness. Right? If my system's still in this process of, of lashing out, right? Sometimes my system wants to lash out because it's been hurt. It's this, this, this way of trying to protect even though it's already happened. And there's a place to allow oneself to feel the, the, the anger that's coming from the hurt. Because that's part of the healing process. And so we spoke about this a little bit earlier, like this can be a kind of spiritual uh, bypass of like, I should forgive. But oh, the system's in a little bit different place and I have to honor that. I might be doing the same, you know, the process at the same time. I might be feeling the hurt and the anger and forgiving, but, but that process needs to be, I think, honored. So we have to get a sense of when it feels right to forgive and uh, when, it, when it feels like there, there needs to be some space before forgiving and to honor that. Regardless of how minor the hurt is, remember what we were talking about around compassion. Sometimes I'm minimizing my own suffering, suffering, which just complicates it. And I, I want to point out there, there does need to be relative safety for, I think, true forgiveness to happen. Like if there's an active threat going on in my life, it's probably not the best time for my system to, to truly and fully forgive. Like there are complications there and you know relative safety because again this is where forgiveness is tricky sometimes the system will forgive not not for true forgiveness but for safety reasons which is really a kind of you know this this word that's being used now in uh this field around threat response a kind of fawning behavior like I, i'm forgiving because i want to be safe with this individual but that's different when i feel safe relatively safe, and then I forgive. I have the agency to do so.
so yes, I, I hope you're hearing in this that it is complex at points and I don't wanna skip over that because I think that can be unskillful. And at the same time, I think many of you know, like the power of forgiving, forgiving of letting go of that hope for a better past and how a healing can come around that. The way we'll do this is uh, a couple ways. We're actually going to start with uh, a little bit of a practice of kindness, probably some receiving kindness, maybe sending some kindness. So to, to kind of give the heart some buoyancy when we get to this. And then I'm going to use these specific uh, phrases that I'd like you to take a look at that I'm going to put in the chat box right here. And I get these uh, phrases from uh, uh, um, uh, my mentor and friend of mine, uh, Eric Kolvig, which I'm so grateful for. I really appreciate this. It changed the, the language a little bit. One is um, towards myself. I, I accept that I make mistakes. I accept that I'm imperfect. I accept that I'm a learner still learning life's lessons forgiving myself. And if I cannot completely forgive myself right now, may I just do so sometime in the future. And then the same with someone who it feels like harmed me. You know, just as I make mistakes, I, I accept that you make mistakes. I accept that you are imperfect. Like my imperfect grammar right there, you have to got to be there. <laughs> I accept that you are a learner still learning life's lessons. You know, I forgive you for the harm I feel like you've done to me. And if I can cannot completely forgive you right now, may I do so sometime in the future. So hopefully you hear what I appreciate about Eric's language is the softening and opening around this. And also the acknowledgement of, uh, of that it's a process as far as this goes. Okay, so in light of this, if you want to take just a, a minute here to move the body or stretch the body, and then to come into a posture that feels supportive, uh, please do so just for a minute here. Okay. Now what I invite you to do is to begin to allow your attention to come inward. Maybe begin by simply feeling the body, feeling the body in whatever posture it's in. Allowing for a quality of relaxation. Again, it might be simply putting forth that intention. May the body relax. Noticing what happens when you allow for ease. 
I now invite you, just as we had done before, is to bring your, your attention to your heart center. You might even want to put a hand there. It's right where your sternum is. Just to begin to sense into, you could say, the heart, the heart's quality right now, the energetic heart's quality. To sense into, to touch into, to feel. And now I invite you to begin to imagine like we had done before. All of those beings either surrounding you or behind you. And it was the very first guided meditation we did. Those beings who have kindness, have love for you. Maybe you see them smiling at you. or whispering phrases of kindness to you. Or they're sending these streams or vibrations or white light of kindness that you feel in the body. Lingering there, savoring. And you might even want to wish yourself well. You may I be happy. May I be healthy and safe and at ease. I now invite you to transition, and in this transition, I invite you to 
bring into your mind or bring to your heart. A way that you've harmed or hurt someone else, some other being. And maybe start with something small. Wanting to look where it's a little bit easier. And when you bring that into your heart, getting a sense of maybe saying these phrases or feeling these phrases in relationship to that harm that you might have been involved in. I accept that I make mistakes. I accept that I'm imperfect. And I accept that I'm a learner still learning life's lessons. I forgive myself for the harm I've done. And if I cannot completely forgive myself right now, may I do so sometime in the future. And again, saying the phrases, silently feeling the phrases. I accept that I make mistakes. I accept that I am imperfect. I accept that I'm a learner still learning life's lessons. I forgive myself for the harm I've done. And if I cannot completely forgive myself right now, May I do so sometime in the future. Letting go of the burden.
I now invite you to bring into your heart, bring to your mind a way that you've harmed or hurt yourself. Maybe it's the way you talk to yourself. The unrealistic demands that you put upon your heart or your body. Noticing what comes to mind around this. And again, saying the phrases, feeling the phrases. I accept that I make mistakes. I accept that I am imperfect. I accept that I am a learner still learning life's lessons. I forgive myself for the harm I have done to myself. And if I cannot completely forgive myself right now, may I do so sometime in the future. And again, I accept that I make mistakes. I accept that I am imperfect. And I accept that I'm a learner still learning the lessons of life. I forgive myself for the harm I've done to myself. And if I cannot completely forgive myself right now, may I do so sometime in the future. I now invite you to bring to mind someone who you feel like has harmed or hurt you. Again, maybe not the big stuff. Start with something smaller. Bringing them into your heart. And as you bring them into your heart, saying the phrases, feeling the phrases. Just as I make mistakes, I accept that you too make mistakes. 
And just as I realize I am imperfect, I realize that you too are imperfect. And just as I am a learner, I accept that you too are a learner, still learning life's lessons. I forgive you for the harm I feel like you have done to me. And if I cannot completely forgive you right now, may I do so sometime in the future. And you might want to sense in, because sometimes in the process of forgiving someone, sometimes what the heart can want so much is wanting them to understand our experience. And what can hurt so much is not getting that. So it's also softening around the hurt that is sometimes entangled in this process. It's painful for our hearts not to be fully understood. So you might want to soften around your own heart's hurts in a way. So just as I make mistakes, I understand that and, under, and accept that you make mistakes. And just as I realize I am imperfect, I accept that you too are imperfect. Maybe the imperfection of also the ability to understand. And just as I am learning, I accept that you too are a learner, still learning life's lessons. I forgive you for the harm I feel like you've done to me. And if I cannot completely forgive you right now, may I do so sometime in the future. Letting go of the burden. And now at the end of this Agaida, just in silence, I invite you to sit and to, to notice and to be with whatever's there. It might be of a sense of a opening or a settling that comes with forgiving. It might be the stirring of hurt that comes with it, or maybe both. Just to offer space in the silence, just briefly right now.
Thank you for listening. To learn how you can support the teachers and Dharma Seed, please visit dharmaseed.org slash donate.